10 years, three boys, one question, are we friends? Hello, and welcome to the podcast, the name and main idea of which is Are We Friends? I am your co-host, Taylor. I am your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And this is the show where three boys who've known each other for 10 years go through their interests one at a time to see if they are actually still friends or if it's just a nurse show. Are you going to talk that way this whole episode? Absolutely please, please not. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, good. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah, guys, but I uh, hope everyone's been doing well this week. I think we've all had a pretty, pretty, pretty good week for the last week of March. I felt spirited and fine. How'd y'all feel? But he's just asking us about our what? like. What yeah, did what you is, forget? What, the, what you're supposed oh to my do? God, what, oh, I thought like, I could, yeah, well, no, change it up you. a little <laughs> bit. No, what? No, fuck you. What are we talking about? We're talking about ourselves too much as it is. Huh, fine. All right. So this week is Jorge's <sighs> topic, and Jorge, what are we talking about? Uh, we're going to be talking about space. <laughs> it space, space. In, in general. The wide wonder, the vacuumist thing which nature abhors, space itself. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about a. <laughs> So, yeah, and in, in trying to continue talking about concepts and things that we like and not just specific movies and TV shows, mm-hmm. um, I, want, I wanted to bring up space. I'm, I'm honestly not even, like, the biggest space nerd, but there are, there are a oh. few key things I have to bring to the table, and I've been into space a lot right now. Mm-hmm. I, right now, I'm, I'm, it's okay, like a big okay. space time for me right now. Um. <laughs> The space time's big for a lot of us forever, all the time. I feel like yeah. it's big for all of us generally. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I think we're <laughs> going to spend most of the episode talking about movies and TV that involve space, so we can get into a normal thing. But I before so. we get there, I actually have a few ways that you can get directly involved in space without becoming an astronaut. Buying a star. What? Yes. Uh you can you does that is that still a thing? Can you still buy a star and name it? Or hey, believe it or not, we don't run out of them. We make more of them every wow, day. Wow, dude, there will you're always just be stars dogging me right now. But like, <laughs> all of them are. Do- <laughs> um, look, and okay, so then let me start with that. Then one of one of the things I've been doing a lot of is playing a game called Elite Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you gloss that one for us? Yes, it. So fuck. Okay, it is a game. They it was like a Kickstarter deal. What they did was they used procedural generation to create a one to one replica of our Milky Way galaxy. So wow, it's not exactly the same, obviously, but there are but literally millions of different stars in game that you can go visit. This is a question That's for me. When you say so procedurally cool. generated, does that mean after a certain point it is generated by a procedure or that like you're not seeing everything at once, but as you get further, like the next little bit is given to you? Um, I, I'm not exactly sure how they build it. Procedural generation is just like the name of one of the methods they use for generating large amounts of content randomly, pseudo-randomly, you know? Okay. Um, so they like obviously put in a lot of effort into the way that these things get generated and created specific things and... It's always there is one star in the center and there are planets orbiting it and moons orbiting those planets and they all move in very realistic ways. And uh, at like a certain point, a few years after the game came out, they mm-hmm. added a feature where you could land on moons. So then oh. all of a sudden there are 
millions of like a innumerable number of planets that you can land on now. So wait, do they ever have something dope like pitch black with um ah, God, I'm not gonna say Riddick. What is that guy's name? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Where there's like a tri star system and there's yeah, three there's a, stars. There's a lot of orbiting. binary systems. There's things like uh binary's the common one. So it's vast and complicated enough where a lot of it starts getting community named things. So like there's the neutron highway oh, that's, that's awesome. like a line of neutron stars that you can do to use to do special boosts that get you places faster. This sounds like what No Man's Sky wanted to be. Yeah, so when No Man's Sky was coming out, everybody in the Elite Dangerous community was like, "What? that, that game already hey. exists. It is right here. Yeah, it like, is fully developed, and we we're all loving it. I don't know why everybody's... It's suddenly not there. Yeah. Yeah. But that game... And it blew when it came out. Yeah. It, fell, it blew, but it's gotten a big... I think the damage has already been done with it, but mm-hmm. it got a big patch to try and correct. Like, a lot of the content that people were expecting is now being administered to the game. Yeah. But at this little, point, everyone's like, that. too little, yeah. too late. It's it's a poisoned mm. product. Right. So, on the other hand, Elite Dangerous had a very successful launch. And uh, mm-hmm. the developers are very much involved with the community. So, Thank they're God. doing things like, currently, a large portion of the community is on like a nine-month expedition to the other side of the galaxy and back. It's literally like Holy nine months shit. of traveling and there's no oh there's no easy way in game to just teleport back to where you started, you know. We are so getting closer go and back. closer by by the year to like, hey, you know, I haven't lived in the meat space for about two weeks or so. I've just been living mm-hmm. in VR and I can make a living here and I really prefer it. I have a girlfriend here. Like things are things are cool. Yeah. Like I have a six pack and a full house, but like in the meat space I live in, I a... Live in a studio <laughs> underneath my mom's place. Yeah, dude, I'm I just—I just need a, a mouth tube and a butt tube, and I'm ready to live <laughs> exactly there forever. Like, just like two tubes, probably in like a vat of some sort of gel, or like in a suit that has various things that can like stimulate sensory yeah. stuff. And on if your we want to splice some subgenres here and go water rolled with it, one of those tubes can be reconnected to the top tube. Uh, what? Mm, wow! Mm. No, delicious. I'm gonna give that a hard right while I'm mouth. taking a drink. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> So it's I am also playing in VR because that is like absolutely the best game that they have for VR right now, and uh, That's what it seems like I can also I would pull... contest that. Oh, Robo Recall! <laughs> it's Robo Recall. God, that, that is a very so good fun. game. We'll not get into Jorge that right now, but a the... couple of times has. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm just gonna cut you off real quick because everyone in the world <laughs> needs to know about this game. There is a game for Oculus Rift and other VR platforms, I imagine, called Robo Recall, where you have your fists operating in the virtual space as they do in the meat space, as you know things that punch and brutalize and can hold guns, and you just continually fight the onslaught of the robot apocalypse, and it's fucking sick as shit. I have almost broken several things in Jorge's apartment. It is so invigorating. Uh, yeah, he will not listen to me when he's playing. Don't doubt that, yeah. Horribly annoying. Um, but I'm also now able to, in virtual reality, pull in windows from my desktop into my cockpit with me. So there'll be oh. times where we're like, we're communicating and you think I'm just like doing whatever or going to class. Uh-huh. No, like I'm in fucking space Wrong. talking I to mean... you, which is incredible. Um, so the, the expedition I was just talking about was Distant Worlds 2. That's like a huge gaming event right now. It's like the okay. single largest number of people doing one consecutive action for that long in a game. And, uh... I started going on that, but it was too much for me. I'm currently so, doing a planetary expedition, mm-hmm. which should take a little over a month, and we're just in the little like Land Rovers, basically, 
and we're yeah. just driving all the way around a big old around, fucking yeah. <laughs> so You didn't want to go on the the Oregon Trail, the Galactic Oregon Trail with everybody else? <laughs> This is this is the Oregon Trail, dude. I'm driving through canyons. I'm about to hit the exactly. North Pole. Like it's your mark. I literally set a marker. And by the way, I where get you started. I get fucking nothing for this. The, no, the game exactly. gives me like, no reward for doing this. No, no, no. It's like the stars. It's like the crew of the Starship Enterprise. You yourself are not deriving any personal, like, as we recognize it, benefit. But it's the thrill of discovery and that altruistic desire for increasing knowledge that is your reward. Yeah, and there's well, and Kirk got his dick super wet. So like, I mean, that's I'm not gonna lie. Right I mean, there, so you know okay, I mean? so did like, Commander Riker. Like, yeah. let's talk yeah, about was, perks and let's dude, talk about beard, pricks. Beard Commander Riker. Unfortunately, they will not let me out of my cockpit. That's all right. Well, well, well that seems like a personal problem. I did ride somebody else's spaceship into orbit and launched yeah, my little, you did. little SRV that's, out there. That was fun. Was that a euphemism? Because um, it was very cleverly done. If it was, anyways. I, the, what made me think of it is the the star naming thing. The unfortunate uh-huh. part is that everybody's stars that they named are not in the game. Because I would have loved to see. Oh like, yeah, like they're not there. Yeah, like gone to your own star. Yeah, well, just like seeing everybody else's star names, just like Booby's Planet. I think two. that's the. <laughs> I think that's the one thing No Man's Sky does have on Elite Dangerous is that the names like. If you explore something and you find it, you can put your name out, and people will see oh, what you name. No. Planets and sorry, the I meant from the real world, from the meatscape. In game, when you're the first oh, to discover oh, a planet, oh, oh, oh. it is there forever, and everybody Never knows mind. that okay, you good. discovered no, it. No, no, perfect. Okay. How many planets are called Asapopolis, Boobies, sixty nine? You can't name them. They're oh, smart okay. about that. Yeah, that's also that a was lot a of names wise to design move. It's yeah. a very good move. The game has been out for like half a decade now, and it's uh, they've only oh, discovered shit, yeah. like. Point zero three percent of the galaxy, or something. So this was actually this was the thing. So you're just in one galaxy. Yes. Okay. Okay. That makes because I was going to ask about like in terms of actual physics and astrophysics things like that. Of like, is this expanding perpetually, no, no, no. like the actual universe and galaxies are, or is it just staying the same and it's like making stuff out there? Now you go from through hyperspace to from star to star and then you do travel in something called super cruise within that star system okay, okay so it's the okay. difference between like warp drive and pulse engine that sounds right sorry like you said, i'm not a huge i'm actually <laughs> not a huge terms are... i've been meaning i think i'm going to start watching battlestar galactica in my ship with me when i'm playing dude that's perfect yeah, just because i know dude, you will make like so very happy it will make me very happy because I, as a 25-year-old person, just watched Battlestar Galactica for the first time. And I'm not going to lie, that inspired how I researched this episode. I didn't watch any <laughs> more Bar- Battlestar Galactica because I had watched mm-hmm. everything that they had to offer, <laughs> including Caprica, the the prequel series, which is unadvised. Just don't watch it. It's I was like, wow, it's you're a conceived. fucking diehard. Like... No, no, I'm a, I'm a critical fan, but I really liked, you know, Battlestar Galactica <laughs> until, like, the last did it leave some battle scar galacticas it uh is that <laughs> it fracking left me feeling fracking good yeah they say fracking a lot as like oh, one of those cause clever because I, I can't say fuck clever <laughs> clever is in heavy quotes there no, so at, at first you it, at first it grates on you right like oh, okay whatever mm-hmm. this but then they use it they use it so closely to the word fuck and they use it in the exact yeah. same varieties like oh wait so you guys like 
I don't know why it makes it better this for me in the same way. Just the, a word. Imagine you're a toddler yeah. and you hear "fuck" for the first time. Like, ooh, that really that really hurt my soul. I remember the first time I saw the word "fuck." I didn't know what it was. Um, <laughs> it was on my. It was in my what elementary school. Someone wrote this the is, word "fuk." <laughs> on the, the bathroom stalls in Sharpie. Nice. And I told my dad about it. <laughs> and he goes like, well, that asshole didn't even spell it right. And that was my first interaction oh. with the word fuck. And that's how I knew. That, and that wasn't that your first was... interaction with the word asshole? No, no, my dad said asshole all the time. But, you know, my parents were at least didn't like drop the F-bomb around me all the time. But anyway, so it was at first in Battlescar Galactica, Frack was like that. But it grows on Battle you. Battlestar or Battlescar? Battlescar. He he it's Battle Battlestar. Star. He's just wrong. Okay. He's just saying it wrong. Okay. I have um, literally not said Battlescar once. In You've said it every time. We have nope. it on recording even. In <laughs> Spider-Man 2099, they use shock instead of fuck. And it is always jarring. It never really? works. Yeah. And they say vid instead of C. Like I'll vid okay. you later. <laughs> that's that's one of those things okay what oh. I, I there's a logic behind that right the idea that all right we're, we're, we're changing swear words we don't want all the words that we change to be totally arbitrary because we can't say the yeah. swear words so let's change of a course. couple other words and see how it works the problem is that yes. like swear words are more or less arbitrary like yeah, yeah. the word we need the rest of words to make sense <laughs> and we don't need swear words to not make sense to the fact that it's... I can I can scream like con flabbing mother flipping god exactly and, and like you yeah. understand what I'm doing I'm swearing I don't need that to make sense but I also need the word I need you to go to the grocery store because I need some epinephrine right goddamn now to really make sense in the exact order that I mean them it's... when I say them. It's why Clockwork Orange is infuriating like, commitment to changing vocabulary, but it makes sense in that thing because. Everything is fucking different. Like, it's not like we went half-assed and it's like these words are our words that we understand and this is new speak. Like, everything is new speak. So it's infuriating to read when you're, because you're like, none of these words make sense to me, but all of them are changed and committed in some way. So what I'm getting is that there's three ways to do this, right? You either just change the swear words. You piss everybody off by changing the swear words in like a handful of other words, or you, you, change all the words for various mm-hmm. effects you either change it to like highlight how hard and weird and arbitrary it is like 1984 exactly. or you change it anthony burgess style clockwork orange to like do something cool those are exactly. your options exactly yeah and or keep it all the same and this has been our episode on writing exactly <laughs> by the way from our last episode <sighs> i did take up the mantle i wrote my first prose fiction ever and we're not going to talk about it anymore. Wow. I just want it. I didn't. Wow. It wasn't. Wow. It wasn't. Cat, it wasn't cat fiction. I didn't have to write cat fiction. Yeah, so it was basically garbage. Fiction. Then, I'm, I'm, yeah, he definitely talked about wieners. I talked about wieners a lot. <laughs> he, talked, he talked a good amount about wieners. He made an adjunct erotica. Um, um, but Spain. <laughs> so, yeah, not much more to say on Elite Dane. I mean, I could talk forever about that game. No, like, of course, but uh, like, you can be a bounty hunter. You can do space piracy, mining, exploration. There's all sorts of fucking communities where they do like actual scientific research for like fighting aliens and shit that's 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 so fucking cool crazy um yeah and they like if you if your community gets big enough they give you like in-game shit it's it's absolutely wild wow uh so you should definitely play it if you have a pc that can handle it okay now moving on to ways that you can get involved with real space in our meatscape do tell yeah uh have y'all ever heard about something called citizen science? It is no. Is this like sovereign citizenship? 
No, it's when somebody Thank needs God. cooler than that. It's uh, so I'll I'll give you the the example. I have. So the there is a site called Zooniverse. It's spawned Sorry. from the Zooniverse. Is this like uh, Microsoft Zune, like no. the competitor to the iPod, or is it Z Universe? Um, it, so it comes from the first project, which was Galaxy Zoo. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. In which what they what they're doing is basically they have you know just nonstop photographs of galaxies. Yeah. And like pretty low quality. And especially when this came out, they didn't have a good way to auto- automatically out, it, label yeah. them. Uh, so they just, they created this website and they enlist people. Um, you can sign up very easily. There's no like screening process or anything. Good. And they just ask you like, hey, right, I'm looking at it right now. Is this galaxy simply smooth and rounded with no sign of a disc? And they give you like some different pictures. You can click. They, they ask you like questions about it, you know, and you just like basically okay. label the galaxy for them. And then you move on to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one forever. It's a little like facial recognition, but for galaxies. Yeah. Like, they're kind of testing out to go, like, does this have whatever? Is this a spiral? Is this more of whatever? And you kind of go yes or no, and it can help figure that out. Is this the CAPTCHA of NASA research? Of, like, Mm -hmm. the Hubble telescope's, I don't know, password protection division? Yeah, like all galaxies without... (laughs) Yeah, but it's only for people who want to do it. Mm-hmm. This is part of a of a field called uh, astroinformatics. Cool. Astro this is what actually got me interested in doing a space episode. I just seen a uh, really yeah. I went to a talk by Doctor Trigero at the University of Nottingham. I'm sorry that um, that a name like that that's a nefarious person. I don't know how he's doing like DNA <laughs> manipulation or Doctor Moreau shit with astrophysics, but he is. I hate no, to tell you. <laughs> is he British? Uh, no, he is from Spain. Oh, okay. He's European. He's evil. He's <laughs> gonna have... <laughs> okay, Hollywood. Thank you. I, sorry. Did I, did I, no, have I ever right. given you an idea that if my... If you were writing a Hollywood script, yes, you'd be 100% correct. Well, like, of course my idea of reality is entirely informed by film, cinema, <laughs> and media. Yeah, that is unfortunately very much how it works for me as well. But, uh, yeah. there, his, like, one of the projects that he has in his lab is, um trying to actually apply machine learning to this. So taking all the data that yeah. people have crunched through and using it to start training a model that can uh, classify these images automatically. Yeah. Um, and that's more like that's in that astroinformatics. But uh, that's if, cool. Yeah. If you're interested in actually looking at space pictures and contributing to space research, then mm-hmm. you can check this out. There's also a... Uh, or hey, I, uh, I already contribute to space research because I tweet back a couple of NASA missions. So I think, uh, I think I'm pretty, pretty, pretty yeah, up pretty on much uh, contributing, doing my part Well, there. then, for just anybody <laughs> else. Um, yeah, I also listened to an interview a while back. Uh, somebody named Chris Chalou. Chris Chalou, senior software engineer on the Google Brain team at the time. Uh, he got interested in discovering exoplanets or he just like looked at some yeah. of the data that mm-hmm. was available um exoplanets are just planets that are not within our solar system and he contacted like some astrophysicists and they started a collaboration and using some of the same like machine learning stuff that i work with uh mm-hmm. there were he was able to start he found i think two planets that we had previously not found before dude fuck just yeah. like automatically analyzing images that, that figuring out what, like here and here yeah, yeah. And that's all that really stuff cool is, is open source so if you do anything with computers you can i mean and you got a little you brain be, you on shouldn't you. be crap at it <laughs> you should know what you're doing kind of but, exactly uh you can you can get very involved that's in these like, things and talk to astrophysicists like the whole, and be um, all up in that business that's like the whole dna 
uh, the gene editing kit is like gene editing kits are pretty much open. Like you can get them pretty easy. Like you can just order gene editing kits. Mm-hmm. Like anybody can do it. I did not know that. Some Joe Schmo can get it, and you're like, this doesn't seem right. But I feel it makes like sense what to have they, everyone have access to it. But <laughs> what they depend on with making that technology open source is not providing the technology that can literally change the genes. Exactly. <laughs> it's that, ju- that exactly. Is what exactly. Is heavily protected. So like that's yeah. the benefit. Oh part, God, yes. yeah. You can make yourself a little fucking six-eyed horrifying immortal monster but luckily you're gonna have to work much harder to make that thing come off the screen oh yeah but i mean stuff for space being open source is totally fine yeah because like how are you gonna get there that's that's the unfortunate part for me it's like my my folk my research focus is not just like data analysis this is like a lot of data science Mm -hmm. type stuff um, I'm mm-hmm. into training intelligent agents that actually do things. So I would, I'd be like down to yeah. train a rover to run around and do shit on Mars, like but kill not, people yeah. or something, you know. Um, that, but that just just good. like telling you what a planet looks like, I, I it's not that's not for me. That's so Jorge, I got to tell you, I I also really do love space. Uh, outside of how much I like sci-fi and how much, especially mm-hmm. I like sci-fi that takes place in space. Like mm-hmm. uh, legitimately, the science of space are um current probings into space the history of the apollo missions like this is something that means a lot to me like yeah there's there's an element of national pride i'm happy to be part of the nation that stepped on the moon for the first time i'm also excited everybody else quit yeah i I guess (laughs) you know made america quit too like having that's exactly i was gonna bring that up yeah like but i'm i'm happy because uh, I, I, a lot of it might come from, like the shape of it might come from Star Trek, but I'm happy mm-hmm. to know that one day we will be a spacefaring species should we make it that far. I was um, like, that's very obvious. Yeah, I know, I know. But I, I like uh, I like looking into technologies like Dyson spheres. Um, I like looking into technologies like how do we like you know sustainably live on another planet. The Martian was mm-hmm. a really great book for me. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I really do enjoy the science though i'm not a scientist by anyone's yeah. stretch of the imagination uh i i love the idea of the science of space very much you know i'm i'm thinking about this right now i'm i'm like peeling back the layers on how i feel about this like an onion yeah like an onion i'm sorry i'm going <laughs> to fight this one it's the un- it's it's just the metaphor of the onion i heard it recently and i think it was really? absolutely true and i forget who said it movie no, 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 not in Shrek, but it was some other person or something. So you have another... haven't watched Shrek recently? Oh, trust me, I've watched Shrek recently. <laughs> well, then I don't. But no, but someone said like I don't know why we use that as a metaphor because you peel back an onion and it's just more onion. Like that's a terrible metaphor for you don't know what you're gonna get on the inside. Like it's if I peel, yeah, yeah. you're right. It should be a parfait. An onion. Yeah, you're. It's I, I'm not gonna. Parfait. Donkey was right. Hashtag donkey was right. No, it should be a parfait. <laughs> Donkey is right a surprising number of the times. Yes, in movies. Um, exactly. We need to do cakes a full are also a surprise. Deep dive. We, need, on Shrek, we do though. need to do a full deep dive. I have a, I have a lot to say, and it's all good. <laughs> and it's all. Good. I do fucking love that movie. And there's not a single thing wrong with it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but I, I'm I'm like thinking about what I like about space right now. Yeah, and you're talking about all this great NASA stuff and all the space science stuff, and like learning about astroinformatics is pretty cool for me. But I, I mm-hmm. don't think that I actually give a shit about real space research. 
I I think I like percent do. <laughs> I think I'm, I care so much about it. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, so like maybe if I found like my right place for it, I could even like mm-hmm. do that as a career. But I think yeah. maybe a large part of what I like, why I like space is it's one of the closest you can get to something supernatural. Say yeah. more. Say more. Um, I'm the, <laughs> the end of 2001. The yes. end of Event Horizon. Enough yes. said. Everything Enough said. in Alien. Everything <laughs> yes. in Planet of the Apes. Yes. Everything in Star Wars. <laughs> yes. I, I don't, yeah. I can keep going forever, but. My, um, one of the things that I actually like about reality of space, it, like kind of meshing with science fiction. So like a faster than light vehicle probably isn't i don't think does happen i think it conflicts with the law of physics to a point that it's not I, I know capable the, the to do that around that but sorry the um like a warp a warp drive or a sort of wormhole that's type the scenario theory is I was gonna theoretically <laughs> possible Theore- no that's what i'm saying like a warp drive or a thing is actually it fits einstein's general theory of relativity because of the fact that basically something existing in space of bends time and space around it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it gives a rotation. So if you had something theoretically that could be so either dense or like strong or large or whatever, you would be able to bend enough of it to curve the space time to get like a passage through to two larger spaces of thing. Our problem is that theory works perfectly. We just don't have a material that can do that right now. No, if we find right. one, we would be able to actually do it. I don't. We wouldn't know the physics well, of like the... getting through a wormhole, what it would do to a ship or anything. But theoretically, we would be able to create one if we found a material that could do that. So, Brian, on that same point, uh, I was look. I watched that 15 minute video that NASA or some NASA affiliate put up about mm-hmm. the idea, the supposed idea of a warp drive, the idea yes. of like dipping space before the drive and oh, uh, like Planet like, of the Apes. It, yeah, and rising space behind actually, it. Yeah, similar, yes. actually, very similar to Planet of the Apes. The problem is that we have we have an idea of how to make space more dense. Um, like black holes and shit do it all the time. Mm-hmm. We have no idea how to make space less dense behind us, which yeah. is the other half yeah. of that equation uh, exactly, to make the yeah. warp drive possible and like make a nice little pocket of normal space in between those two things. So that's an interest. It's really nice to watch that animation. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating video. We'll link it's, it. It's that's what I love about, but that's what I love about theory, especially just that one because it, it basically transferred from science fiction to where real physicists and astrophysicists and people went. Wait, does this fit with our rules? And so far, the answer is yes. It's just the like the execution is the problem. It's not that you couldn't do it. It's just we don't know how to do it. And I'm like, it's so fucking cool. I love it. On on the same point, does anybody know if tachyons exist? Like the <laughs> particles that move faster than life. Is that a I thing? I don't know. Or is it like Higgs boson where yeah. like we find it every year except we didn't find it yet? Um, do you do y'all have Didn't we find Higgs boson? Do y'all have resources where you can so. look up more about this in case anybody's interested? A couple. Is yeah. Anybody out there in this deep um, space? I was the, so in terms of a basic thing, you need I do a hundred percent recommend having a basic understanding of physics and certain terminologies. But um, I was reading Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson, and that fucking was really helpful and really fun Sorry, to did, look at. Did you say you were reading? As yeah. in the fancy way of saying you didn't finish reading? 
I don't know what you're saying, <laughs> sir, and I don't appreciate the implications that are being implicated. Um, yes, but <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't know much about space travel, but I did learn about uh, quantum computing, and for that, I had to learn some quantum mm -hmm. physics, and that shit is fucking wild. The the craziest things to me, because I actually want to hear about what you were talking about, but to preface all that, the really big and the really small freak me the fuck out. Like, yeah, they just don't when work. they're like, galaxies have millions of millions of billions of stars. I'm like, okay, that's too many. And then they're like, and there's millions and billions of galaxies. I'm like, that's too many. And then when they're like, at the beginning of time when fucking the universe started all this shit happened and it's like a millionth of a second happened when all of this stuff started colliding and yeah. you're like no it's so small and so fast i can't handle i it. think literally before, it should terrify before. you or make your brain shut off otherwise mm -hmm. you're yeah. not even beginning to understand how you're massive this stuff is bingo so on the idea of sources really quick, just to give our listeners oh, a couple yeah. of things, like what I go back to, because I'm a dummy, dummy humanities person, and so I need like these nice explanations. Um, Schrodinger, of Schrodinger's Cats fame, wrote a book called What is Life? And that slowly mm -hmm. gets into astrophysics in a really cool way. Also, so in 1920, Einstein writes The Principle of Relativity, which is for you math people out there. But for us dummies in 1922, Einstein was really nice and wrote a book called The Meaning of Relativity, where he just yeah. gently explains what he's talking about, unlike most people in any specialized field. So Thank The you, Meaning Einstein, of Relativity is books. another one. Yeah. And your bagels. Thank you. And your <laughs> No, bagels. that's him and his brother. <laughs> well, him brother. and his brother. Einstein brother's bagels. Einstein's brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Albert and Abbott Einstein. I appreciate you both. Uh, um, those are two great ones. Also, Isaac Newton's Principia, if you're slightly into math and want to hear about how angels work gravity, that kind of is the basis of a lot of our science. I, so that that's sounds more like occultism. And now this you have was, my attention. This was this yeah. is one of the interesting things about like a lot of the discoveries that happened. Like the fact that Newton needed to be adjusted a little bit is really fucking impressive that like yeah. he just basically made that stuff up he was like i hope this works and everyone was like <laughs> yeah this actually pretty much works most of the time but after a certain level you have to like start changing it and that's where einstein comes in where he goes like newton takes us this far and then we gotta fucking fuck around with stuff here or like change the whole theory so it's well, like good job guy who was sitting under a tree like yeah way to go you just figured that out what I don't I know much about, about Newton, Newton, but I I feel like he does not get enough credit from non-intellectuals. No. Correct. Know? <laughs> just, just, Everybody no, just thinks an apple fell on also, his head and he yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not up to snuff on my science history, so literally all I know about <laughs> is that he sat under a tree and got hit by an apple. <laughs> so like, he 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 comes up with the inverse square law of gravity, right? Like how two bodies interact with each other in mm -hmm. space and shit. But he couldn't come up. He didn't have the advent of Dragon Ball Z, so he didn't understand instant transmission uh, <laughs> between two things. <laughs> Dude, so, I want I want not Isaac having Goku. I just meant so badly. we could teach more about how. I, okay, no, that's not the, fair because I don't know because it's is, not. I'm not blaming the schools because I probably didn't pay attention to whatever it was being taught. Yeah, but like maybe well, you know, I agree. We need to teach the breadth yeah. of knowledge Newton gave us. Like, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, not only in physics, but like, you know, how light, well, it's all physics, but like how light works in addition <laughs> to motion and like how Aristotle was wrong about how like gravity and shit works. But yeah. I, I, I just want to quickly gloss the angel thing. Um, sure. So yeah, please. The Goku joke that I made about instant transmission about how could two bodies interact on each other simultaneously without ever having mm-hmm. touching the way that he like the three Super laws of position. notion kind of. So, uh, but he he needed an it's idea on. like okay so what is the instant what is the only thing that I can conceive of that instantly could go between two bodies at mm-hmm. once not touching each other and of course Newton said the divine angels dog like yeah oh, yeah that I, makes sense I've got the math for it and it's angels angels are fucking like fucking wrapping themselves around no this shit or whatever physics. I love it that's pretty much what yeah. it is love it Enochian um, physics. yeah sup- superposition <laughs> is uh is what i was getting into with the quantum physics and what we are currently okay. exactly. looking at and i think have working in our quantum computers um so you know have we made a really, quantum computer ibm has one a couple other people i thought we would have already been dead when we made one like, no no, you know, no it's skynet it's, would have happened instantly it is very unstable and very difficult to keep running because you have to keep it at very, okay, very okay. low temperatures to keep everything working, and it falls apart constantly. So you're telling me it can develop That's to the point of developing Microsoft Word 2006, and then no. it implodes on itself. I can't even do that. No, that... Um, I, I <laughs> oh, don't... thank God. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a yeah. uh, quick way to explain to you the low level it is currently at. It is still very impressive, but uh, I, can get, yeah. I can give you a quick overview of how it works. Is uh... Absolutely, dude. Yeah. So Please com- do. Computers... Are they start out physical in nature? You know, they have transistors that are either yes. carrying a current or they are not. Uh, so they have a value of zero or one. That's what or the one, binary yeah. you hear people talk about is all the time. On or off, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah and from there we form logical gates to form logic, and that keeps on going upwards until we have programming languages, and then programs and visuals and, and all of that. Um, but that's okay. that's all at the very core. We have the single tiniest unit is the transistor. Which is either carrying a current or not, and I'm simplifying a little bit of this. In a absolutely, dude. In a quantum computer, <laughs> at the moment, right now, you're the first person coming to Greece and telling me like how mechanics work, and it's not just God, like I don't know, taking a poop every time that there's hail. Like you're you you are blowing my mind, and it's enough for me right now. <laughs> yeah, if you're, I, I can go into the full details. I've, I've we'll do very that familiar somewhere. with that recently. Uh, but in a quantum computer, instead of bits, they have qubits. Which is okay. These I don't know what they're made out of, but they can either hold a value of zero, or one, or they can be in a superposition with another qubit, which means that both qubits are. Uh-huh. Uh I don't even. It's they're both zero and one, maybe some. They're, so okay. Jorge, they're not, they're not are you both. telling me? You telling me right <laughs> now that the same measurement that Noah built his ark with is what no. makes your fancy quantum oh computer no. work? No, I not hate even. You so much. No, we've never worked I hate with that. You so much. Oh, so <laughs> your fancy computers still don't match the power of God? <laughs> I so I'm I'm one to not discount religion because of scientific advancements, and I think that like this quantum physics shit would be the way that divine creator could create our world. Which I which mean, creator is up to you. Yeah. I'm down with it. But these superpositions, right? Mm-hmm. They when when they get set into it, it's you can either have it so an example is like it can be so that one of the qubits would have a value of one and the other one would have a value of zero. But which one is which does not actually happen until you observe one of them. 
and then they both like the cat flip to their correct place yeah <laughs> like schrodinger's cat it's not that they were set before you looked at them it is literally they are not one or the other until you observe them and then they, they both were only instantly set because you observe them but this is the interesting thing is they both instantly become the one that they're going to be in relation to each other the interesting thing about that is they do it Ooh. instantly which means they had no way they communicated instantly basically they're like instantly, locked together inst- across sorry. space and time. So instantly, one becomes positive and one becomes negative. Uh, you can set it. You can set saying? it so or... they're both positive. So they're both the same value or both different values, but or different value. Okay, okay. But you observe one, and then they both become what they're and going to be. And then they both be. do it. This Jorge, this might what be beyond uh, what you what <laughs> uh, like. And it's not a diminutive thing. This might be beyond like what our any of us know about physics mm-hmm. right now. Is this also how like light works? Because uh, there's a similar thing. You're this talking about uh, the. About you observe it as a wave or you observe it as a particle, but yes. it's one or the other when you finally observe it. Yes, there's a there's a way that you can shoot out those light particles in which it creates the same effect. And this is how they like initially a... began observing these effects. For those of us who are interested in the his- history of math and science, I know that there is an experiment by a guy named Ross with a gold piece of foil that proved something about light, about yeah. waves and <laughs> particles and shit. So, that, uh, so that, look if that you up. look up that particular thing, like the the wave particle nonsense, yeah. um, you'll get very user-friendly videos on that. Thank God. Well, that's yeah. good, because honest to God, a lot of complicated shit about technical shit is not any intelligible no, no, no. shit. It's just shit. Because it, it took me a fucking while to get that quantum computer shit, because IBM, actually, if anybody's does computer stuff, you can go to IBM's website. They have something called the Quantum Experience where they'll give you access to a quantum computer simulator where you can write the assembly code for a quantum computer and have it run and see like what the effects are with that superposition. And they will let you run small experiments on their actual quantum computer. That's fucking First dumb. of all, that's cool as hell. Second of all, I want to believe that the only reason the human mind is capable of understanding something like quantum, that which is and is not at the exact same time, nobler people would say it's because of philosophy. I would say it's because of litigation where like, did you or did you not have sexual relations with that woman? And someone what your makes, yeah, exactly. Makes is, a moment is. where it is and is not. What is your definition oh constraining or not of is just, that's, no, I don't that think is, that's... this is why the human mind can conceive of something because we want to get out of something else. We that have is discovered. certainly true. We have discovered a, a mystery of the universe because we didn't want to find our hand with mm-hmm. a cookie jar. Yeah. No, I run into this problem every time I'm yeah. thinking about Buddhism and want to have a drink. Oh, also, God, a similar superimposition, I feel like. If I have a drink, have I... Well, if I don't want to have a drink, am I expressing a desire? And is a desire having power over me? So I should just have the drink. But if I have the drink, am I giving into that desire? And therefore it still has power over me. So what if I have and have not the drink, then that power has not and has power over me. And then we're getting into quantum Buddhism, (laughs) which is our new religion that we're starting right now. I'm going to, I'm going to pull a Paul Rudd and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Are you guys putting quantum in front of everything and just (laughs) hoping it works? Uh, It usually does work. That's what I want to say. <laughs> we are going to pioneer a new school of philosophy called quantum ethics. What is oh the situation when you do and do not do the exact thing that you are thinking about what doing or do doing it? not? Anyways. That one's, 
That one's going to lead to just an hour fight of Taylor saying that over and over again. And Jorge and I going, but you did kill him. And then Taylor going, but what if you did and didn't kill him at the same time? But he's dead, so I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But is he only dead because you saw him dead? And is that, at that point, your fault as the observer for seeing him dead, trolley car conductor (laughs) or whatever? Uh, My... (laughs) Um... I fucking love all of the weird. So one of the things I appreciate most about space is how much we have discovered and then like how much our theories have figured out, but we haven't finished off with like discovering the Higgs boson was actually really important. Have we done it that? Basically... Sorry. Yes or no. Have Didn't we, we actually with the large find the thing? I don't know I what CERN we, fucking does, except for honest to God, almost kill us every day. CERN sits there and almost blows everyone up is what the fear mongers think. They think that just sending those will just fucking blow everything up because it'll make another big bang. And it's like, that's not cool. what's going to happen. I'm um, not ridiculous. I'm just scared it's going to make a black what, hole. The that's idea totally is, different. The idea is they basically were figuring out the Large Hadron Collider was literally colliding Hadron, uh, I think it's hadrons is the word you can use. They were literally sending them together yeah. um, to try and figure out this thing. And I believe they did find it. But basically, that experiment wasn't necessarily discovering anything new per se. It was more putting in the block of information that we know for sure that we have been implying for all of a lot, like a lot of our physics. Right. To say, like, this has to be true here for all of these things to work out the way they are. And then we finally post, did figure that out. Post-relativity, right? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but my favorite, my the new thing, it's not new necessarily for scientists, but, like, the new hip thing to talk about is dark matter. Fuck where yeah. we actually don't have now we're getting into any my way territory. to measure it. it. It literally does not interact with light in any way but we know it is out there because it has a gravitational effect on things. So I'm like, what the fuck kind of metal ass shit is this that's sitting out there like, I literally don't interact with light at all. Yeah, see, I, so I, I, getting, I just pull on you. I'm in a getting in. superposition with the knowledge of dark matter right now mm-hmm. because I don't <laughs> want, right now it is it could be fucking not metal at all or super metal, and I don't yeah. want to find out. I'd rather just and keep it. by the way, I like dark that matter terminology. is just yeah. the term they have right now for For it. the other what? thing. Like, they yes. better not fucking switch that shit up. So... One, I hope they don't switch like that shit won't. up because Dark yeah. Matter is a rad as fuck name for it. And two, I have a super super position of knowing and not knowing about Dark Matter at the same time because I read Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. So no, I feel as though I have a knowledge I, about what Dark Matter is because they have, have the antimatter bomb. Dan Brown knows about Dark Matter. Yeah, so they have the antimatter <laughs> bomb and some guy becomes the Pope because he sets off an antimatter bomb or something. And like, I'm sorry to spoil the end of Angels and no, Demons for you. No, he tries to become the Pope. I'm not listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Trust me, you're, I'm not gonna lie. We we've it's not 2004. We've moved past Dan Brown. We're fine with it. Oh my god. Um, uh, yeah, I see. Uh, I so we should start throwing in some pseudoscience. I think that dark matter oh, would yeah. be something where it's like you touch it and you become a demon with ultimate cosmic knowledge. 
the that's how I think about is dark it, matter. Is, okay, the so insane is it, part uh, of dark it, matter. It, 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 hold on, hold on. And it spreads is like it, an in the return of Jafar. Humans. Or sorry, in Aladdin itself. Remember when Jafar becomes a genie for a second? And oh, he and he starts creating universe universes between his hands. His hand. yeah. He's yes. just creating the dark. He's yes. just creating all the dark matter that is currently in the universe. Imagine as an evil version of our solar system. Yes. Yeah. It's the it's the thing that the Event Horizon goes to. That's what he's creating in his <laughs> yeah. hand well, right he, there. He literally says like <laughs> ultimate cosmic power, and you can yeah. see universe. Is forming Ultimate between his power. hand, and then Aladdin puts him back in a lamp, and it's like you just aborted a whole universe, you fuck. Yeah, so, but it was an evil universe. Honestly, we don't, honestly, we don't know that. But every really? baby could turn out to be evil. Also, looking into the actual Big Bang and like time frames of stuff, even if relatively we're talking like it's it actually went on for a while, even in the seconds of his hands. The universe took like billions of years to cool down enough for planets to start forming, let alone life to start forming on them. So anything that was in between his hands was basically like, oh, never mind. Before I commit to this project, I'm a fucking scrap it. So like he didn't even fucking command save that shit. Exactly. Exactly. It was still like he he had never originally saved the document. Yeah. For you computer is, boys out there, it was still in really, RAM and not really storage love. yet. So the as far this as guy we know, the universe, yeah, this guy computers like fuck. Uh, we know for a, we know generally because of radio telescopes, etc., that the universe is about thirteen point five billion years old, right? I don't know. And yet our our planet, our little old wonderful planet is about 5.3 i think billion sorry i looked up a lot of numbers and they're all kind of flowing together right now uh 5.3 billion years old okay um that sounds correct but but what that is taking into account is there is a time in the early creation of our planet um so the reason this goes into the reason all the planets uh orbit the sun on the same plane is because they took a lot of shit blowing into each other and kind of like negated any other shit revolving around our sun. And that's mm-hmm. why everything kind of revolves on the, uh, a similar plane, right? Pretty much. And yeah. one of those things that blasted into our planet almost at like the, at the most oblique angle possible was another planet, which created our moon. We have the largest mm-hmm. satellite compared to planet of any other planet in our solar system. Our, our moon is unique because there was literally at one point another planet that blasted the side and like morphed Earth in its early creation until we had like, you know, a little pseudo planet coming around us at the time. And I love learning about that kind of history, even mm-hmm. like the theory, because they, they, the way they figured that out was generating it through computer simulation and computer simulation and like, all right, how the fuck could possibly our goddamn moon work? Cause it doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> if, a, if a thing, if a thing that is already a thing came around our planet, it would just kill us. If it was a thing that was smaller I mean, and became fucking... bigger, it doesn't work because the other planets are there. And so they, they, it was something recently discovered that another smaller than earth thing had to literally just scrape the knee of our planet and destroy <laughs> yeah. it. And then it became the moon. The you moon. know, I, I always think back to Hot Fuzz, and it's just like it doesn't matter how much okay. <laughs> how much a theory makes sense; it could always just be something else, something fucking completely oh. ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> maybe maybe our galaxy is on the same plane because we're part of some cosmic beings collection, and we're on a shelf somewhere. We could be in the Men in oh, Black. This is the end of Men in Black. Where we're, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fucking. 
We got ESPN or something, dude. That's great. <laughs> no, but I love learning. I love watching space documentaries. I watched I a lot for this space episode. Jam, dude. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I will watch Space Jam. I, I also too. like Space Jam. We'll make Who this a three-hour-long episode and watch Space Jam in front of every all, all these The people. observation has been made before. We'll watch Space Jam live. The observation has been made many times before, but Marvin the Martian is the referee because oh, he is yeah. both an alien and a Looney Tune, so he's a, a neutral party. He's a neutral party. Like, oh, all right, clever, good writing. That's good the writing. dopest thing ever. Wow. I fucking it blew my mind when I when someone told me that. Oh, I, I, right? I, my mind is currently blown. Exactly. This this is You're the hot out. take we have on space right now. I think. Dude, I wish the, I wish I wish thing. I could have made that observation firstly, but I know it's been made before. Oh, no. I. So in terms of space travel, I think the biggest goal is always getting to as close as we can to the speed of light because that would that's the fastest it would be the fastest way to fucking move, right? Uh no, you could move faster than you could move infinity times the speed of light. I don't think you can move okay. faster than Hold light. On. So I think I, the I idea is this. that you it wasn't can't Neil actually deGrasse. move faster than light. It wasn't Neil deGrasse Tyson, but it was a Neil deGrasse type and type person. A Neil deGrasse type. <laughs> a Neil deGrasse type. Mike um, Tyson. That I, it was a perhaps <laughs> who was saying uh, on a one of these documentaries that, that I watched for this, but he he wasn't a famous guy. He was just the guy, perhaps sure. an actual professor, like I guess Neil deGrasse. Tyson. I'd hope an actual, uh, an actual. He was talking about it, and they said like, okay, so it's not that the speed of light is the fastest thing that travels, mm-hmm. and that they that determines in some way the speed limit. It's just like that is the fastest that anything can move, and light happens to move at that pace. And that's the yeah. confusion. So if we if we stop thinking about like, okay, it's not faster than light, it's faster than like the universal, literal possible speed that things could move at, you know, that opens up possibilities. Do I understand how that happens? Wait, how no. does that open no. up possibilities? No, it doesn't. Well, like, no, that's he was trying to say like, oh, obviously, if you just thought about it, you know, if it, okay, whatever. Guys. Honestly, you know, let's get to your my, fucking I mean, animated from... segment afterwards so I can understand what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. <laughs> But from the way you're describing it, it makes it actually more convincing to me that nothing can go faster than that because everything goes, the fastest anything goes is that and light happens to be the measuring stick because it also goes that fast. So therefore, yeah, it's still the limit. Like, I know. You know what I mean? I know. It's just, I know. Maybe that's but the Perhaps bad it creates a loophole by making another half but of yeah. the rule. I have no idea. <laughs> There's probably more to it. I I um, think it's to me it seems silly to say that like nothing could possibly ever travel faster. No, I I don't know what experiments are being done or run on that or figured out. I would I honestly would love to find something that goes faster or figure something out. Um, that would just be really cool. But for now, we're kind of we're kind of at one of those levels where like this is what it is until somehow through research or something somebody just fucking gets it and it breaks through and then, you know, they find the evidence for it. Um, The one thing I do love about that light thing, and it's with reference to, like, other stars, it's just a weird, like, thing to think about with space, is, like, everything you're seeing out there is old. You're you're literally looking back through time. You know what I mean? Like, you're looking back through time. You're seeing the light that was originally sent if it's 100 million light years away you're seeing the light from a hundred million you're like it's so crazy to think about 
It also kind of depresses me when it's like, yeah, most of those stars are dead. So you're seeing like the ending part of them and you're like, holy shit, everything's dead already. But I'm seeing this like, I'm seeing like this corpse of the past that still like thinks it's alive. But you're like, oh, fuck, you're going to be dead, dude. Oh, you already are dead. Holy shit. Just like I love fucking astronaut Taylor on his way through the cosmos, (laughs) not knowing this planet's already gone. I love, there's a moment in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's one of the later books, and I forget what the mm-hmm. name of the species is, but their entire race developed underneath like a cosmic cloud where they never saw stars. So like they never, as oh. a, like a species, had a culture that looked up because there's nothing to look up to. There's just generally a haze in the morning yeah. and a not haze during the night. So they would talk about like being on the grass and being on the planet and for whatever reason, like something broke through their cosmic little cloud shield and they yeah. saw stars for the first time. And they looked up and said, well, that'll have to go. And then they became like <laughs> cosmic warriors, like intent on nothing but destroying the universe around them. Oh my God. I got... It's so embarrassing. I've not read that yet. I need to get around. I've read that. the first one. Oh, they're, only. they're very fun. I've, I've read them all. And trust me, guys, you're in for a romp. Like they're, they're very funny. Oh, yeah, good. You get to it. That's fucking incredible. Um, so real fast, movies and TV. What what is uh what is your uh, my my top my top movies and TV? I I do really like Star Wars. We'll probably do an episode about that. At Star time. Wars. The the one cool thing it's about like, Tatooine is that it's it's actually correct in that that's how a binary star system would look. Yeah, and that a lot of planets have are around binary star systems. Yeah, I don't even really think about that as a space movie though. On it, correct. Um, I think of it as a movie that was. Saved by George Lucas's wife's editing, and made into yes. a good movie. Uh, I'd have I'd have to say for me it's going to be 2001 Planet of the yes. Apes series Alien series. So I love and then the Alien no series real TV shows. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For my one of my favorite movies of all time is Alien. Just object objectively, sure. <clears throat> It it gets on every top five list or whatever mm-hmm. I could make, but I I was very sick this weekend, so I ended up doing a lot of research for this, and a lot of that okay. research ended up being like watching documentaries, and more importantly, watching the first episode of a lot of TV shows that take place <laughs> in space, just to see like, all right, what's the space that we're dealing with right now? So I watched yeah. the first episode of Firefly, Farscape, Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, Star Trek: The Next Generation, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Oh my god. <laughs> And um, I still have not oh, watched all. Uh, of I already Firefly. said Firefly, didn't I? Yeah, I, yeah, I, only, I also it. have only watched fun. the first what episode I, of Firefly. What What I like about Firefly is that uh, whenever they go to space, whenever they cut to space, it's silent. There'll be music on top of it, like mm-hmm. non diegetic music. But, but in terms, there are no of... sound effects in space because that yeah. there is an eerie quality to the fact that there's nothing for space to you know, radiate upon. Um, I li- I like that a lot. I I think that's always their last episodes, uh, episode fourteen of the first season. Objects in space is another one that I watched. It's the last episode. Um, they do a really great job of dramatizing space, just the uh, silence hmm. and terror of space. I think I think it's very super nice. Cool. I think it's very nice. It's uh, it's like a yeah. It's fucking dope when they don't have sound in space, but also the yeah. space sounds are too good to give up, man. I don't Correct. think I could ever do a space thing that is silent. I think you'd be surprised. I think that, that don't be wrong. I love me some space sounds. I love me some Star Trek or Star Wars. Like some fucking 007 Moonraker. Hell, fucking yeah! Or even more importantly, what was it? Austin Powers two. 
the moon unit. Okay, now <laughs> moon now unit Zappa. Here's moon here's the natural time where we bring the episode to a stop to remind everybody oh, we that we're getting get into an dangerously Powers close episode. to an Austin Powers impression. Um, there, there's no reason ever to bring up the exact way that Doctor Evil says moon unit Alpha. And Moon Unit Zappa, like there, you just—it's not, right. not, not, not worth it to make the—it's not worth it to make the impression. That's the closest we've gotten yet. Oh my god, I love we're, it. we're teetering right on the edge. We need to rename I'm our so... podcast "Dangerously Close to Austin Powers" <laughs> the podcast. Um. Oh yeah. What about what about you, Brian? Where are you on the movies and TV? Oh, I th- oh um, two thousand one, obviously. Because uh, he made the moon landing, actual moon landing video. So making that fiction is really awesome, too. I like the, the sort of I, ideas about yeah, it. Yeah, like the extra know. dramatization gonna, of it. Exactly. Gonna, the extra, gonna, like he added to his original thing. and then We're going to put an asterisk on that one because I watched a documentary about how they proved that it could not possibly yeah. have been faked. Oh we'll, we'll get Jesus right back Christ to Taylor. that. Yes, we know. We all actually know. That I was very sick landing. this weekend. It's, you have no okay. idea how sick. So I watched a lot of space <laughs> shit. Out of your mind. <laughs> I did zero Out of your mind preparation. Suggest that I'd actually think that the moon landing was faked and that Kubrick and that Kubrick would have done it, and nobody else would have said, "Yeah, he totally fucking faked it." Like they absolutely would have. Yeah, Kubrick um, would have been like, "Yeah, I fucking Kubrick would have been did, like, dude. That's my best fucking work because everybody yeah. believed it." Like. <laughs> He, he was, was so such a fucking egomaniac. Like, yeah, exactly. He would never been able to contain he, himself he and not tell people up. he made the move landing. It's like um, Cooper. I love really? 2001. Um, Apollo 13 is a cool one just to see, like, based on an actual event that happened regarding yeah, space. Tom Hanks, there, uh, there's an Tom Apollo Hanks, 12 that's a ho- found footage horror oh, movie. Oh, it's like Apollo 21. Yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's some, one of those that's like. I need to watch that. It's that's like Apollo. It might, be eight, it might be 18. Um, that where, is but the yeah, the pick. The thing was like the flag and like footsteps on the moon and then like a shadow of a fucking like monster or something. And I'm yeah. just like, Sorry, it, this and looks then, stupid. And then there's Iron Sky, Nazis who hid behind the moon and oh, came back in brutal no, Aryan no, force. No, no. That doesn't sound, I don't care for yeah, that. So instead of doing any <laughs> space research this week, I've just been watching The Last sure. Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, which is just like an <laughs> old fucking <laughs> B-horror marathon with, I love Joe Bob. Yeah, he's like a, uh, he's like a, like a redneck Texan kind of, cowboy hat wearing guy. I'm sorry, Harry. Can uh, this last drive-in thing? Can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like I've never heard this show, and it sounds really interesting. Uh it's a you know me. I'm always fucking watching Shutter. It's mm-hmm. which is the horror streaming service, which you should have if you're at all into horror. Um, and it's just Joe Bob Briggs is like uh, it's worth it. Yeah, he's come bucks. around every seventeen years to do like a movie hosting show, like Pennywise. Yeah, basically, <laughs> he talks about it in the first episode on the Shutter Show. Uh, but he just, he, it's just like they play B horror movies, and he just introduces them and interrupts them. Mm-hmm. They act like there's commercial breaks, but there's no commercial breaks. It's just him talking with the most fascinating fun facts I've ever oh, heard yeah. in my life. Um, and he, he's man, he is old now because he yes. like talks about some stuff where it's just like oh you can't you're getting very close to saying things you're not allowed to say no more but uh, uh when when he's there's always that threshold right like we always like people and i love people in their prime and i, I like the voice of experience but there comes a limit we're like 
<clears throat> okay, you're going to intersperse like your objective knowledge with your, I don't know, politics or whatever. And like, homie, you just, you know, it's time for you to stay home and do math <laughs> and not, not talk on documentaries no more. It, he, I mean, he's playing a character that's not his actual yes. name. So who knows how much oh, right. is, that, yeah. is specifically to, to be a joke. Well, that, that's literally how you fix like it. That. Um, yeah, and it's just like. The the best the funniest shit to hear him talk about is when he's shitting over people who are pretentious about movies. Because you know? that's a, that's the big thing about B horror movie like people is just like I like that a lot. We really enjoy watching these shitty movies. Yeah, just, a big part of it is like being in opposition towards like uh, not art house films as much, but like you know Oscar winning movies and such. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I haven't watched I like a shit ton of that. Exact... No space stuff. That that exact ethos to bring. I'm sorry for like three episodes in a row now to bring it back to um, Stephen King's book on writing. He has that same ethos where he very objectively looks at the writing. Like, okay, the writing of like this one grand novel that we all consider and like learned in high school mm-hmm. is really good. I look at that and I take stuff from that. I also look at like all these popular novels and I look at stuff and I take stuff from that. And what I liked about that that ethos is that like there's stuff to learn about the general. St- thing that's all of these people are doing at the same yeah. time together like yeah it's okay to call like one high art or whatever and the other like lowly art if that's how you're so inclined but at the same time there's something to learn from both of them and i feel like the same thing works with like movies and film um yeah, yeah or whatever and, uh, this high science movie was fine but also like we can take some really cool stuff from this low science b horror or whatever like i like i just generally as a tangent i, I like com- that no no I, and i completely agree with what you're saying. And, and he brought something up that i've been thinking about and it's very much like so yes you, i think absolutely pull things from like the award-winning movies keep in mind that they're now doing like a lot of the same stuff over mm-hmm. and over again right and he's specifically yeah. complaining about, so he's like a big 70s horror guy. Yes. Um, and he's complaining about how everybody right now just wants to redo 80s horror. And he specifically does not want to just see people rehash stuff that's already been done. He like, Yes. A big part about horror back in like the 70s and 80s was people were constantly doing whatever the hell Pushing they felt it. like. You know, yeah, particularly because of the invention of uh, home video. It was always just like, mm-hmm. oh, we have the money now. We can just fucking shit something out. Get it on the shelves immediately. Try to get people to watch it, and we'll always do something new and different. And it was very, a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. And now people are just also in horror rehashing a lot of the same stuff that they've done before. Um, and it's it's not- amazing um, to see how at the beginning of technologies, at the beginning of forms, that people are so willing to experiment wildly in very like wonderful and productive ways, and yet solidify themselves. Let's take the example of like the Legend of Zelda series. To give all our nerds something to listen to, oh my mm-hmm. God. the original <laughs> Legend space of Zelda episode. You're worried about nerds world. not having enough to listen to. <laughs> you're right. How dare I offend the nerds? Like <laughs> we are. <laughs> but in the the original uh, Legend yeah. of Zelda, I guess as all of our nerds know, open world. You can do anything at any time. Some shit's going to be harder if you get there ahead of time or whatever. Like it, frankly, the the structure of it resembles a lot of the twenty. 16 17 release of breath of the wild right Mm -hmm. but the second installment the second installment ever of the legend of zelda series was half side scroller half open world it was only side scroller when you were in the adventure the the battle stage and they gave link like a totally new set of mechanical abilities like mechanical meaning 
in video game mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like you could jump, you could fire, you could do all co- sorts of fucking shit. But it, they were so willing to experiment wildly. Like <laughs> we don't know what the fuck's gonna work right now. Like, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like look at the difference between. Super Mario Bros. to Super Mario Bros. 2, which was never supposed to be a Super Mario Bros. game. I was going to say, that was Super Mario Bros. 3. Like, yeah. Exactly. But, like, they are willing to... Ex- I feel like the same shit works at the beginning of any art form or the beginning of any science. Like, we're willing... Mm-hmm. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're just throwing spaghetti against a wall and see what sticks. And I love these moments and movements. Um, like, really looking at, like, what is the experimentation? Is there anything mm-hmm. that we kind of left behind and looking... Can we grab something from that? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I can, yeah. I could. I'm trying to stop myself from For, going down a huge fucking tunnel on yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I mean, I tried to, I tried to make that yeah. example a metonymy for like all <laughs> shit no, like I, this. <laughs> yeah. I did not know Blink 2 was so fucky. Yeah. It's really weird. A lot of sequel, a lot of the twos of those early games are weird because they're like, do we just do the same thing? Because I feel like people get bored. Dude, that's why you only ever make one of the game. There Nightmare you go. on Elm Street for Nintendo, Friday the 13th for Nintendo. I don't Nintendo. think that's why That's all you ever were, needed. That is all you ever needed. I voluntarily to make one of those I'm games, but okay. I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Definitely, yes. I could totally... <laughs> wasn't LJN being a bad you company making wait. bad games or anything, but no, well, no. Let, let, sorry, wait let's, until let's, my PhD is built on We're not going to talk about it now. <laughs> We're not going to talk about right now how LJN destroyed so many intellectual properties by making them really shippy, shoppy, haphazard games. They came out with some gems. They really did. But Mm -hmm. like the majority of the shit that they pumped out in their money desiring machine was awful. I'm I'm coming out with an episode on LJN. Y'all watch out for it next month. I'm so excited. I will come at you with edge a of my barrage seat. of counter evidence to whatever oh. positively you say against him, which is only to say that like we should see them in context. Says, says the scholar who reads instead of the gamer who plays. Makes, oh, my God. Says the guy who used to literally run a retro video game store. Oh. How many times have you actually played Friday the 13th for Nintendo? Enough without to me put there in context of all the other lj i played the jaws mm-hmm. game that ljm put out oh, i played so many other games we're that getting LJM, off topic here so hard with oh now we're getting off topic <laughs> yeah, exactly okay. i'm thinking i'm thinking about the consumer here i will i mean to actually bring that uh-huh. a little bit back to um to the space sort of topic i think of that artistic or sort of creative like zeitgeist for people for the general public was definitely the 60s um mostly because of the space race like the idea Mm -hmm. that there was a competition to be made but like in those eras you know astronauts were fucking superstars they you would you would want their autograph they were like football players they were like movie stars they were like icons of culture and then can we we name one person on the uh, space shuttle columbia no so Are you I saying mean, that because you can name one person? No, I can't. <laughs> okay. Where was Sally Very Ride good, on something? Um, I'm but, just saying that, like, how culture changes. Well, yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, that to even go to that change, that change was almost imminent because, like, Apollo 13 didn't really get news coverage until it started falling apart. Like, people got used to this idea of landing on the moon and, like, space exploration so fast. 
in that time frame. It's just fascinating to yeah. see like how quickly okay. we went. Yep, this is a thing because a mix of like seeing the achievement done, having that space, literally that space of like we can see footage of this, but we're not there. Like we can't see them on the moon if we look up at it. No. It's there's a, there was a lot going on there. You know, people are like, even though it's not the general public anymore, specific people are still very into space. I'm sorry, you're exactly. just reminding me of a few things I've been that I have recently experienced. And it it like made a, it something niche. A few weeks back, I don't know why I didn't think about it for this episode. I heard uh, one of the security, like the computer security people, cybersecurity people mm-hmm. from NASA, speaking. Oh damn! And they were specifically talking about how NASA is one of the only government organizations that collaborates with certain undesirable other countries so to get into the international space station the oh. vehicle that we use to get there yes belongs to russia so we, we buy we buy a seat russia on there for to, yeah. 20 million dollars a seat yeah it's fucking wild um, it's really bizarre and we launch off from kazakhstan that's one of the things one of the cool crazy. things about elon musk and and spacex and all that sort of stuff is if we can get something going here that means we no longer have to do that we can just send dudes up on our own we, i like I mean, collaborating we, with other countries though i think it's good sure but it's more well also it's a little bit of a cost like but if yeah. we get real fast before we're closing out yeah i just want to talk about also space has its dumb shit hippie culture because <laughs> we have a little bit of a space garbage problem a little bit so every uh, for anybody listening, everything that we've ever launched out into space, if it doesn't make it outside of our all the way out of our orbit, or it crash just ends back up, out of our orbit, right, it just ends up circling our planet mm-hmm. for the rest of time. Um, so yeah. we actually have like a shitload of garbage just up there. We have to calculate launches based off of when it is safe for the giant trash pile. When there's less trash pile in front of our launching <laughs> right. pad, like we have to calculate and- that. In terms of that, it's that. So naturally, we we have people like thinking about ways to like get rid of the Mm -hmm. garbage that's in our atmosphere. Um, But I was listening to an interview; I don't remember where, and it was literally (laughs) they were talking about like they were like defending it, like it was a fucking dog, what, like a a crippled dog, and they were like, "I don't know, man. This is part of our history. Like you wouldn't destroy archaeological finds in the middle of the desert, would you? Like this is." What do they call it? It's like motherfucker. Were, that's not archaeological. Like that's from like 1952 when his, Sputnik went up. Yeah, some space historian bullshit. It's like you fucking mm-hmm. idiot. Like we, this is not. It's not like about a long lost civilization. This yeah. is after a record is very well established. If you don't think we, we know all... exactly every piece <laughs> of fucking trash that's up there, like what do you what do you think we're gonna find? Like. We're what gonna kind find of post-apocalyptic there, like... society needs our space garbage to be able to reconstruct our past? No. Like, ridiculous. No, we have it here. We've recorded it on multiple mediums. Oh, like, to the we get it. To the point where that is literally a plot point in The Martian, where they just have a second version of the Discovery probe or whatever Mark yeah. Watney like talks on the uh-huh. planet with. They have an exact replica of it at JPL yeah, because of course they do. Like we're not losing anything. We exactly. have another one of everything we sent into space. And yeah. besides, so, we probably have the plans to them if we even lose the physical copy. Like we can. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to get involved with space research, reach out. 
I have more methods. Please do. There's plenty of stuff we can do. Don't become a fucking space trash hugger. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Honest, I mean, to be legitimately serious for a little bit of a moment, like, space is the thing. Space is the new discovery. That's the area where we're learning more stuff. Everything's going either bigger or smaller. And <laughs> space is in, it's fucking infinite. Yeah. There's, it's in, there forever. <laughs> like, by the way, in computers, we've gone about as small as we can physically go in a exactly. normal computer. So, so space is really we're the place going where you're going to find new or shit. Space. Figure out dark matter. Yeah, dude, that fucking demon exactly. magic. One of the two. So, on the topic of space. Okay, hold the uh, phone though. Hold oh, the uh, hold the space shuttling thruster. Uh, I want to ask one more thing. Of course. Yeah, what? <laughs> oh, uh, cuz we we are talking about space and we do talk about pop culture a lot. I I, I would love to That's know true. what y'all's favorite pop culture representation of space is and why why it is that like just a last one like what is your when you think of space like what does it form that uh i yeah what do you mean by best like the one that we enjoyed the most or because we talked we a little bit about our favorite movies of and TV it shows. or yeah like which one which one do you think uh not maybe it's your favorite because it is the best or maybe Mm-hmm. It's the best because it it's is the favorite, best. But yeah. I'm talking about like what is you think like all right, I I kinda know what space is, and regardless of anything else, like this is the best representation of space. If I wanted to give a dummy dummy boom boom a place to look at, all right, you want to know something about space? Here's where you go, kiddo. I mean this is the what real I'm gonna be cheap and say it first because I want the credit for it, but like the real and... answer is the Martian. Because, like, literally, Neil deGrasse Tyson went through that movie with a fucking fine-tooth comb and was like, fuck, there's, there's, some pro- there's small problems, but, like, most of this science is good. Like, film theory went through that movie oh, to try okay. to fuck it up, and it's all good. Like, there's a I've lot going on in that movie I've heard the thing, except right. for the initial premise of the movie. Literally you the fact that the storm, storm wouldn't happen. You, yes. Yeah. There's so, so little atmosphere on Mars. A storm could not be strong exactly. enough to but do what it does. But the rest of it, the rest happen. of it after there is amazing. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. So I also agree. Martian's one of my favorites. I'm I'm gonna go with uh, 2001. Still, that's a good one. Cause it, you know, for me, like I said, it's it's not just the science. It is also the utter lack of knowledge and mystery about mm-hmm. space. So it's very specifically like when they get to the monolith and the mu- like, particularly yeah. when they get to the one that's on the moon. Mm-hmm. And the music is getting so loud and fucking awesome. And it is just like, it is giving you a sense, even though you're still just on the moon, it is giving you a sense of just space is so vast and scary. And I think it really do with it. encapsulates like themes of space. Like it gets you like that idea of space the best. Yeah. Not factually because who cares, but like our fears and our hopes and our expectations of space are... 2001. Yeah, and this and it's something I, I didn't give, talk uh, about before with the Planet of the Apes episodes. But it, first of all, it's kind of interesting that the remake of Planet of the Apes was this like in the same year as the name of 2001, and yeah. the original Planet of the Apes was released the same year as 2001, right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of a fun fact. That's fucking weird. Yes. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, yes, yes, it was. And. Uh, we had talked a little bit about HAL 9000 
I think at some point. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the one thing With that we AI. didn't talk about is that very likely, like what the author had intended for was that his mind as a computer gets corrupted from his exposure to the monolith, which is a really interesting idea because that monolith is like both at the same time, like I think grants the monkeys their it's ascension moves, to humankind. It's what moves them forward. Yeah, and it does the same thing for a computer, moving them from like a perfectly logical machine to into something more, more sophisticated, which there's is a, like a flawed, there's a very fun. Thing. There's a fun episode of Star Trek where there is an entity that exists in anti-time, which threatens to go back to that primordial ooze when the first, I don't know, amino acid or whatever came up, and it threatens to like revert that process. And it's funny because John Lee Picard is there looking at the stuff that's going to be all life on Earth, and goes, "Hey, big old life form, don't do that," you know, because of <laughs> I'm a perfect paragon of virtue or whatever. But I, I, I my I agree that the Martian is perhaps my favorite a um, representation of space, but I want to give an honorable mention to the movie Ender's Game. Uh, mm-hmm. Only, only specifically in those times where they're doing their little war games in zero gravity, where they manipulate just if you have no gravity beneath you stopping you or like microgravity or whatever that you continue exactly forward. And they, they do a really good job of showing like, all right, this is a strategy which would only be viable in a space where you can move without any sort of force dragging you up or down straight across in whatever trajectory that you're going. They do a lot of cool stuff with that. So Mm -hmm. I want to give an honorable mention to Ender's game. Just like Moonraker. Yeah, just just like Moonraker. They do the same thing. Just like zero gravity. Moon Unit Zappa. Moon uh, Unit Zappa. <laughs> okay, Brian, we can we can get back to it. If the space peanut gallery is finished, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll start We're with done. Uh, I'll start with Taylor. Are we friends when it comes to space? Keep it in mind that you can't take it back. Yeah, yeah, I think we are. I think we all like space, and we like, you know, space and stuff, and space and fiction, and space itself, and science and space. I think we like it all. I'm going to say, yes, we are friends. Uh, It's just the raddest fucking thing since Rad came to Radtown. Jorge. Wow, did you save the best for last, Brian? That's so nice of you. I know what's up, dude. Um, Yeah, no, I'm going to go with, yeah. Fucking A plus for being the dopest shit that's ever happened to him. <laughs> Literally, as right. as it as an entire as not even as a species, as a cosmic entity, space is the coolest thing that's ever happened to us. Because we are all made of yeah. materials from blown up stars. So we're all space. Space is all of us. I love the the there's a comic I saw a little while ago about the jackass Carl Sagan. Uh, where he's screaming at a young boy, you are made of the same carpet of Hitler's shit. And it's like, instead of we are all made of space stuff. And that uh, that warmed my heart. <laughs> oh, great. So. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening to a explorative episode of Are We Friends? As always, you can find us on our Instagram and Twitter, both of which are at underscore are we friends, or find us on the World Wide Web at r-we-friends.com. I 
have been your seeking the newest depths that the humanity could possibly search to co-host taylor i have been your black hole of information brian and i'm still just jorge and we will talk to you next week